I am Jeff Ado. This is Lunacy, where we discern the sacred from the insane and admit that whether we like it or not, we are all profoundly affected by the cycles of the moon. How? Today on the episode, we're going to take a deep dive into the great joy of serving others and how the great joy of serving others is a gateway to greater happiness for ourselves and definitely those around us. Okay? Get ready, people. Your mind is going to be dripping from the ceiling on this one. If you'd like this work to continue and you want to support the show, please head to patreon.com backslash lunacy podcast to join our team. The Great Joy of Serving Others was first introduced to me when I went to college. I went to Loyola University of New Orleans, and there was a fraternity there called Phi Kappa Psi. Now, backstory, I hated fraternities, okay? I thought they were stupid. I had some older classmen friends when I was in high school that went off and joined fraternities, and they came back and they were kind of, I don't know, they weren't the same, okay? Let's just put it that way. And so I was turned off. I was like, this is like a conformist thing. I don't know. It seems kind of whatever. Not my deal. Know what I mean? Elitist. Bullshit. That, of course, was a stereotype. Then I went to Loyola, and I got introduced to this fraternity. And they were a very unique bunch of guys. This particular group at this particular time in history at this particular school. Very diverse. A lot of different interests. Came from all kinds of different backgrounds and different countries. And it was cool. I was like, okay, this is a group of guys that I could get around. They don't seem like they're all conforming to each other's ideas and stuff. Then I discovered that the fraternity was founded out of the great joy of serving others. And I was like, whoa, what's that? The great joy of serving others. That's amazing. I want that for myself and everyone around me. God, I, I hopefully I didn't sound like that at all. Anyway, I was really intrigued by this whole concept of the great joy of serving others. And the backstory is that Phi Kappa Psi was founded not as a social fraternity, but actually as a philanthropic fraternity. It was founded by two guys, Sir Charles Page Thomas Moore and William Henry Letterman, back in Canonsburg, Pennsylvania in 1852. And yes, they totally drilled that into my skull in college. All right. That's a very good form of hazing, people. All right. In 1852 in Pennsylvania, there was a huge typhoid fever epidemic. And these two fellas were nursing their friends back to health and watching them when they discovered the great joy of serving others. And out of that discovery, they founded a philanthropic fraternity called Phi Kappa Psi. Now, since then, of course, it has evolved, if you will, into a social fraternity. But at the time, it was solely based on service, on giving to other people. And certainly those roots are real. So for a long time, I wondered, what, is, what does that mean? I really am in love with that concept and that idea, but what does it mean in my life and how do I access this great joy of serving others? In my personal years of experience, I have definitely found that when my focus is on other people, if it's on being of service to those around me, then I'm way happier. Then I have some kind of joy and purpose in my life And I feel fulfilled, like I'm doing something that matters. Now, that's not to say that I'm not sometimes cynical and that I don't get mad and upset. It's not to say that I'm perfect, because I'm far from perfect. Okay. But it is for sure a secret that I live by. How do I be of service more? How do I love more? How do I give more to other people? Because then I stop worrying about all the bullshit, you know what I mean? That's bothering me in the backfield from things that happened years and years ago, or maybe that's 
happening right now in different countries around the world where there's war, pestilence, and famine. You know what I mean? Start worrying about that stuff. No, no, no. How do I be of service right now? How can I give something to other people? And then how do I experience that joy? And that for me has been a huge secret to my own happiness. I do consider myself a generally happy person. I write those around me also, I think, think that, you know what I mean? That's what they tell me. And uh, by the way, I also hang out with happy people. First of all, let's talk about the ways of being of service to other people. Now, of course, you can join the Peace Corps, and that's admirable and amazing. You can choose a career path that, that is, in its essence, giving to other people, and that's what it's all about. You could start a nonprofit. You could do any manner of things that encapsulate service to others as a career path, and that's good. You can also go and volunteer places. You can give to the homeless. You can give to the food bank. There are lots of things that you can do to give to other people, to be a service to other people. But let's, let's drill down a little deeper. Let's talk about in our daily lives. How do I experience the great joy of serving others just with the people that are already around me without doing anything like extraordinary, even though those things are great? So relationships. There's a study recently published in the Wall Street Journal and in a book about the real secret of lifelong fulfillment. And it's written by Dr. Waldinger and Dr. Schultz. And they work at Harvard. All right. Pretty big deal working at Harvard. You know what I'm saying? In Boston. Okay. They're doing it big time up there. And they wrote a book that's called The Some Like the Good Life. Lessons from the World's Longest Scientific Study of Happiness. Basically, in essence, these fellows, they've been studying people for 85 years. All right. And they've been looking at, are these folks happy or not? And the one thing that they really discovered is that the people who were the most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest mentally and physically at age 80. Interesting. The people who were most satisfied in their relationships at age 50 were the healthiest and happiest at age 80. So that's a really interesting fact. Because what it means to me is that those people who were actively engaged in creating warm relationships with other people, warm relationships where they were of service to those individuals, those were the people that were the happiest in their elder years. And, by the way, also the healthiest. So what does that mean when I say those people who took the time to cultivate warm relationships in their daily life made them happier? It means that those people who took care of their relationships, like a garden, to make sure that they were giving to the other person, that they were being of service, and that they were being generous to those, that person in their life, whether it's their spouse, their partner, their children, their friends, whether it's the guy at the grocery store, at the ice cream shop, etc. They're consciously thinking, how can I be of service to this other person? How can I lighten up this person's life? Smiling, for instance, goes so far, I can't even tell you. You know what I mean? You could go your entire life and meet a person once. If you smile at them and they smile back, you shared a moment. You have served each other. You have taken the onus off of yourself and you've put it onto them. So the great joy of serving others in terms of health and happiness and in terms of relationships is super obvious. If your context for relationships is, how do I be of service to this person who chooses to be in relationship with me? And how do I acknowledge them for it? 
Then you're taking the happiness train to Love Town. All right? Big time. You know what I mean? If you really want to have peace, bliss, unconditional love and relationships, stop asking, what can they give to me? How can they fill me up? And start asking, what can I give to them? And how can I fill them up? So I'd like to offer a couple of quotes from this book. It's called The Book of Joy. And it's a conversation between His Holiness the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Two spiritual heavyweights of our time. Two masters who are offering wisdom and grace in conversation with an excellent author in Douglas Abrams, who has a lot to contribute himself. I might also mention that this book is a gift to me and my wife as a wedding present from a very dear friend of mine and fraternity brother in Phi Kappa Psi, someone who deeply understands the great joy of serving others. So thank you, Jared and Elaine. Desmond Tutu said to the Dalai Lama, when you smile, your face lights up. And it is because in a very large measure, you have transmuted what would have been totally negative. You've transmuted it into goodness. Because again, you have not said, how can I be happy? You've not said that. You've said, how can I help spread compassion and love? And people everywhere in the world, even when they don't understand your English, they come and they fill stadiums. (laughs) I love that he cuts them down here. I'm not really jealous. I speak far better English than you. And I don't get so many people coming to hear me as they come to you. And you know what? I don't think they come to listen. They may be doing that a bit. What they've come for is that you embody something, which they feel. Because some of the things that you say, in a sense, are obvious. Yet, it's not the words. It's the spirit behind those words. It is when you sit and you tell people that suffering, frustration, are not the determinants of who we are. It is that we can use these things that are seemingly negative for a positive effect. How can I learn from the suffering that I experienced? How can I take that suffering that I had and learn the lesson that was being taught to me and then offer that lesson to other people in the form of wisdom? The Dalai Lama also said, my religion is simple. My religion is kindness. He seeks to be kind to other people in service to them. He seeks to spread love and compassion, and that makes him happy. My point here is that the great joy of serving others is not lost on His Holiness the Dalai Lama. All right? This guy's got that on lock. Know what I'm saying? Everything he does is in service to others. The Dalai Lama in this book also refers to an ancient teaching where an 8th century Buddhist master, Shantideva, wrote, If something can be done about the situation, what need is there for dejection? And if nothing can be done about it, what use is there in being dejected? In other words, if something can be done about the situation, why would you suffer about it? Why don't you just go out and do the thing that you need to do? And if nothing can be done about it, what use is there in being dejected? What use is there in worrying about it? You survived it. It's over. You can't do anything about it. So just move on. That's the beautiful thing about life. It keeps going. You experience trauma, but then you survive that trauma. The question is, how do you deal with the trauma that you have? So that goes to the first part. If something can be done about the situation, what need is there for dejection? If I can do something about the situation, and I know that I can do something about the situation, then all I have to do is ask for help. Now, most of us don't like to ask for help. Why? Because we're proud. Why are we proud? I don't know. But there's a reason it's one of the seven deadly sins. You know what I mean? Pride. All right. 
We're too proud to ask other people for help. We should be able to do it on our own, for God's sake. Know what I mean? Stupid. Very stupid. Asking for help is an act of service. Because when you ask for help, you are standing in your own weakness, admitting where it is that you need help. Then the rest of us don't have to sit around and watch you suffer endlessly with something that we know that we could help you with, just so that you can keep your foolish pride. No, I can do it. I know I can do it. I don't need your help. I got this. By God, I can do it. I can carry the weight, man. If I see that there's something that can be done about the situation and I consider I need to ask for help and then I actually ask for help, the person that I'm asking for help from gets to be of service to me in healing and mending the situation in healing and mending the relationship. In being of service, that person gets to experience the great joy of serving others. You see what I'm saying? So it's a a recipe for happiness. All right, people? Big time. Simply put, if you really want to be happy in life, stop searching for happiness. Stop pursuing happiness. The pursuit of happiness is a losing game. All right? I'm sorry to tell you, kids. If, you're, if your life is all about the pursuit of happiness, you're probably never going to find it. Okay. If your life is about spreading the love, if your life is about being of service, if your life is about discovering how can I relate to this other individual and give something to them that might be of value, then happiness arises. Joy becomes real. The great joy of serving others comes, in fact, in not thinking about what what do I have to gain and how do I make myself happy and what stuff can I get that's going to really fulfill me, but rather, how do I leave someone where they feel like they're more connected and more in love with their life? How do I lighten them up? If we, if I really seek to create a love operating system in my life, where I'm truly coming from love, where I'm asking myself, How do I love more? How do I give more love to the people around me? Then automatically, I make myself happier because I'm creating more joy for myself and for others. And together, we walk the beauty way. You know what I'm saying? All right? Look, I realize the cynic in you and the cynic in me are right now saying, what are you talking about? Do you have any idea how much evil is going on in the world? What people are doing to each other? It's awful. And you could give me 15 examples and I could give you 15 examples of places where things are just awful, perhaps right down the street, perhaps in our own homes. But just because other people are suffering doesn't mean that I can't focus on being of service. And if there's a whole mess of things out there, if I get present to all of the terrible things that are going on, right, in the world... In China, in Russia, in Ukraine, in the United States, in downtown Los Angeles, all over the place. New York, South America, you name it. There's something awful going on and you could tell me all about it. If I get present to all of that, I realize ultimately there's nothing that I can do about all of that, per se. I might be able to pick one and really make a difference. Maybe, maybe. But I know for a fact That if I focus on being of service and being in love more in my own life, then I can transform my own perspective. And for sure, in being that way, I can transform the lives of those around me. And that's 
what this is all about. (laughs) That is the great joy of serving others. My guiding principle is how do I serve? Then that creates an entirely different universe that we live in. There's an ancient story about heaven and hell from a Buddhist tradition. A monk asked the master, Master, what does hell look like? And the master says, Imagine that there's this huge table with all of these chairs and this enormous feast of everything you could possibly imagine. All the most beautiful foods that humanity has ever created. And all these people are sitting around this table and they've all got these spoons that are too long for them to reach their own mouths. So they can never eat even a bite. All they do is sit and watch what they want as it rots before them. And the the monk said, then what does heaven look like? And the master said, heaven? Heaven is the same table, the same people, sitting around the same magnificent feast, holding the same spoons in their hands. But in heaven, they're all feeding each other. And the thing is, the people sitting around that table that are feeding each other, yeah, I mean, they're happy because they're being satisfied, right? They're getting their needs met. They're getting food from each other. But the act of giving the food to the other people in and of itself creates joy. It creates the great joy of serving others for them. And in that context, everyone is constantly serving each other. Their bottom line, their base principle is how do I be of service to the whole? How do I be of service to my brothers and sisters? If we ask that question, not only do we create a whole new reality where I don't even know what's possible, but I know it's going to be beautiful. We also liberate ourselves in the process from this incredibly great suffering that we just constantly rehash over and over again, despite the fact that we have survived it. One of the alarming things that's happening in our culture right now is the psychologization of terms. Everybody can diagnose anybody else. Oh, he's got ADD. No, I'm pretty sure it's ADHD. Well, maybe it's ADHTPDBD. He's passive aggressive. He's got a little bipolar going on. He might be schizo. We're so interested in diagnosing ourselves and our own problems and diagnosing other people. This is a super toxic development in a lot of ways. Now, it's valuable in the sense that if I truly am able to diagnose the way that I act and respond to certain things and understand that, okay, I'm clinically depressed, which I'm not, by the way. But if I was, I could say I'm clinically depressed. That means that I'm able to see my depression from an outside objective perspective. And I'm able to take actions towards that that would alleviate that context that I have for my life. Instead, so often what happens is we use it as an excuse. Oh, I can't do that because I'm clinically depressed or I have ADHD. And no offense to anybody who has any of these problems. I don't mean that. I wish you the best, and I wish you well. The thing that I think we have to be very careful of is taking these diagnoses that we're giving to ourselves and that we're giving to each other and just using that as an excuse to continue to be a victim in this life. And again, nothing wrong with being a victim. It's just not a very joyful place to come from. And that's my goal. My goal is how do I give joy to other people? (laughs) How do I spread the great joy of serving others? How do I spread the idea that we can operate from love, not only in our own lives, but as a society, as a community, 
we can operate from love where we are truly actually giving to each other because, because we feel the liberation from our own bullshit in the doing of it. Now, I want to say something that might be totally obvious to you, okay? but maybe not. If I operate from the expectation that I'm going to get something out of my service, it kills the service completely. That is the joy killer. Expectation is the mother of disaster. Not only in terms of my ability to experience joy, because I automatically go to entitlement and therefore can't experience the joy in the moment, and even if it comes to me, I won't even recognize it because I'm already entitled and probably the person didn't throw me the proper parade. Okay. Entitlement also kills dreams, by the way. If I have a dream and I'm living that dream and I'm doing everything I can and then I start and say, they should be, this should be happening by now. I should be making millions of dollars or even thousands of dollars or whatever. I should have won the Nobel Peace Prize by now. Who knows? Whatever it is that's fantastical in your head, that expectation kills off the dream because you don't have those things and you're imagining that you deserve them and therefore you put yourself in a situation of disappointment. That's the ego playing tricks on you. Okay. The same goes for the great joy of serving others. If I go into the great joy of serving others with an expectation of being happy, I will not be happy. I cancel it out. Okay. But if I go into the great joy of serving others because I am actually curious about discovering what makes you tick, the next person that I interact with, period, How do I serve them? How do I be curious about them and their life? If I come from that space, then automatically something will arise in our communication that will allow me to be of service, even if it's just asking them about their day and actually caring what they have to say in response. (laughs) So the great joy of serving others is a great way to live your life in terms of having purpose and really finding your purpose and looking for it. But it's also an incredible way to govern relationships and manage relationships and build lasting relationships that you and I can keep and have when we are 50 so that we can be happy and healthy when we're 80. All right? Thank you so much for tuning into Lunacy. I am incredibly committed to this show and to speaking my truth in a way that's valuable to other people. And these are lessons that I hold very deeply to my own heart. And so I just want to encourage you that if you got value from this episode, please share it. Share it, post it on your whatever it is. Share it with a friend or family member, somebody that you can get down and deep with. Because in listening to this podcast and talking about it together, we can all more readily experience joy. And we can all tap more deeply into the great joy of serving others. We can all get off of our victim horse and get on to our creative source. So much love to you. Thank you for sharing. I really appreciate you. Lunacy is a creation of myself with podcast management and production by Kimberly Joy Voice, LLC. Peace out. Much love. Mm-hmm.